welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage. Olympics in full effect, and we will get to that, but just last week, the NBA draft happened. The Detroit Pistons kept the number one pick, didn't trade it for any of that bullshit that was coming down the line from Houston (laughs) or OKC or any of those crap offers trying to steal Cade Cunningham away from the D. Wasn't happening. This man was ready for Motown, built for Motown, ready to lead Motown, and the Pistons took him with the number one pick. Got a couple of Big Ten boys along the way as well, and Isaiah Livers and Luca Garza. Got a center out of Florida State whose name I can't pronounce, but the Pistons have made some picks to lead this team to the future. Nonetheless, number one especially, Cade Cunningham, ready to fit into this squad, this young squad that we lamented on last time we discussed this team ready to start giving us that hope that we keep seeing out of our Detroit teams. You can add the Pistons to that list. The Red Wings giving us hope. Steve Eiserman making moves left and right, straight up ransoming these NHL teams to get the players that he wants. The Lions looking like they're making a step in the right direction with Campbell at the seams. And we've got some players there, obviously with Panay Sewell coming in. And then, of course, the Detroit Tigers who... You know, we got some we got some picks out there that are starting to make some noise. Casey Mize having a decent year so far this year. But the Pistons joining that train of giving us that hope for years to come for these teams. Because God knows, Ryan, Paul, Detroit needs it. Because our teams have been slumping and we finally getting some of that hope. I mean, we, we rapped about it a lot the last time we were on here. I think it was the last cast. It was our pre-draft cast. And really just about all the hope, right? And and what getting the number one pick did for our timetable in the way that a few years down the road with all this young talent developing, maybe you're a superstar away and then you lure maybe a KD or someone of that ilk to come to the D and get us over the top. It is an incredibly exciting time. And we we talked about our options as far as trading the pick, which was never an option. Uh, we all agreed to that. And, uh, and thankfully the like team did before, too. Right? Everybody writing about the possibility of Detroit trading the pick was writing about it because they have to. And there just wasn't intrigue with the number one pick this year because you knew who it was going to be. It wasn't like last year. Last year, there was legitimately probably three players that had arguments to go number one. And yeah, it might have been Anthony Edwards. It could have been Little Ball. There were options, right? This draft, it was Cade Cunningham from the rip. And we didn't really have a big surprise, to me at least, until four. And even that wasn't a huge stretch to me just because he was mocked five, six-ish in most drafts. I thought it was kind of a whack pick, but most people would agree that there was a clear top three in this draft. And everybody thought Jalen Suggs was going to be that next guy. I don't I don't like where Barnes went, so I, I, I definitely think that's a surprise. But it's not like... A huge surprise to me. I think Toronto you disagree either. about that, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, man, it was uh, shocking to me because every every other pick had him taking them at or had him taking Suggs at four, and even if he was a tier below, you know, the top three guys, 
he was still a tier above kind of everybody else. So even if he was just in that kind of that middle range by himself, that did surprise me. I was doing the uh, the live reaction on um, Detroit Sports Nation, and when that pick came in, the entire time before, I was like, "Oh, you know, we we know who this is, Jalen Suggs, da da da." And then it came across the screen, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm an idiot." Um, <laughs> That's the worst, right? No, that was so that was super surprising to me. Um, I was shocked they didn't go Suggs. Honestly, I mean, again, I, I don't... especially after what happened with you know. Kyle Lowry. Oh, they're get, like, getting rid of Lowry anyway. Yeah, like you're getting you rid of Lowry anyway. Why aren't you taking Suggs? Well, I mean, I, I think I, it's I, I we'll a see. weird pick, right? So, so he didn't even start most of the season. Um, he's not. It's not like he's an elite shooter, right? I, I mean, is it Florida State? I mean. You got wings among wings among wings. Doesn't mean they can all shoot. Well, yeah, he and I he did like shoot well. I did my least amount of draft prep that I've ever done because I knew who we were getting at number one. So I was just real lazy with everything else. Because usually when we're picking seven or eight, you got to look at like ten different guys. Right. <laughs> I just like, oh here's who I, I want. I, I here's the here's style best case of, scenario. The style of basketball can we get X, Y, and Z. To take him that early is, is astounding to me because what is his – so he's an elite defender. He's he's one of the best defenders in the draft. But you have – especially at the NBA level, you have to be able to contribute on the other end. In fact, if you were going to get away with something at the NBA level, it would be the reverse. If you were an elite scorer and struggled on the defensive end, you're more, more likely to get through with those limitations. He's not – a huge guy. He's he's going to be a three coming in. So not being able to put the ball in the hoop consistently from any kind of range, it's going to be tough for him. And again, this is a guy. Now it's it comes with a little bit of a caveat that Florida State plays like twelve people a game, like real minutes. So it is a little bit different. Your starters in the system that they run down there, it's not as important. But this is a guy who started at the beginning of the season and then ended up moving to the bench because that was what they viewed was the best move for them. And, and now you're going from the bench of an okay college team to the fourth overall pick in the draft without like an elite shot. It's a stretch for me. I, I don't, it, it was definitely one of the picks that I disliked the most personally. I mean, I just don't, and I, I hate to get caught up in, oh, well, this doesn't get done often or this is usually what happens. But if you look at historically, like the profiles of guys coming out that are successful in the NBA and really take the next step and become a difference maker, anything above a role player, really, how many Scotty Barnes are out there? Because I, I don't see many. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, not in this draft anyway. I just mean in general, like if you go through the last 20 years of NBA drafts, there, who's the guy that fits Scotty Barnes' profile that became a difference maker in the NBA? I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, Draymond, but he was <laughs> he was drafted, you know, to the, way later and, than, than in Barnes the second was. round, and to the perfect situation. I mean, a situation it also that has utilized a, Draymond's set of skills. 
also has more to his game than just defense, right? And also, again, I mean, Barnes can just like he averaged four assists and say, you know, he didn't play a lot of minutes, and he was six nine, so he was probably well, he, playing he the four played, and five he, just, a bunch. he played a lot. He played a fair amount of minutes. He just didn't start. But Draymond Still, four, four started. For his position in college. I wanted did Dray, did Draymond start all four years at MSU? No, no, he didn't start. He, didn't uh, no, start he probably as a didn't start as a freshman. Okay, so he started. I mean, he, had he might three have years by the end of the year. MSU, definitely and not. three full years of starting at MSU on a very good basketball team, being the leader, being the guy. Like, I, I don't even, I don't even want to compare. Yes, I understand like similar limitations, but he had the experience and the in the proof of of running a team and doing it well. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I assume none of us like this pick. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I thought Suggs was the pick, and especially after what happened with Lowry, it makes even more sense of why you would take Suggs in that position. I do – one thing that I did – And then he fell to the Magic. So they didn't let him get very far. No, uh, no. no. He, well, he was never – I mean, nobody thought he was falling past four, so if Suggs had fallen past five, there would have been a lot of eyebrows raised and a lot of questions started to be asked pretty soon. Good. Uh, the Magic got two guards already. I mean, not not that I wouldn't have taken them if I was them, but you have a uh, Cole Anthony. You got a uh, Cole Anthony and uh, ooh, uh, Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. Duh. I, the Magic had a really good draft in general. Um, I I don't I I we may be split on their second pick of the first round. Um, I don't. I doubt we all feel the same way about Wagner, uh, but I, I love how he projects. First of all, I think he has an absurd floor. Um, now, lottery picks, you're much more concerned about the ceiling than the floor. But at the same time, the you never want to waste a lottery pick. <laughs> you never want to waste a lottery pick and not even get a contributor out of it. But Franz <laughs> brings a lot to the table that, one, I think he's going to mesh really, really well with Suggs. Um, is forming a young – and that's going to be a very – young team in Orlando over the next couple of years. Very similar to the Pistons. A lot of young talent that's coming up, and you hope that they draft right and make the right moves to kind of blossom that team there. But Franz brings a lot of immediate impact. In fact, both of Michigan's draftees do, and we'll talk about Isaiah Livers in a little bit. But Franz does a few things that are an elite, elite level that can help him in the NBA right away. And the most underrated part of his game is his passing. There are very few players of Franz's size and skill set that can pass the ball the way he does. And anyone that's seen a more than a, even a handful of Michigan games this year has saw Franz slip pass into the paint, out to shooters, cutters off ball screens, off out-of-bounds plays. He made, created so many points just with his passing ability but it's not just that he can dish the ball. It's how quickly he sees the court and plays unfold. Whether he's driving to the rack or he's setting up to take a shot and then slips the ball to someone slipping in behind the defense. His court vision in basketball IQ is very tough to match among kids coming into the NBA. I mean, top to bottom, you look at this draft. I would say not, maybe not anybody can match his basketball IQ in the way that he sees the court. It's like... I, I don't want to – I'm trying to think of the right comparison because all the guys you'd compare him to from that aspect are like superstars, and I don't think he's going to get to that level necessarily. But he sees the court 
like a LeBron James. Now, he doesn't have the same passing ability or athleticism as LeBron James. He doesn't have that skill set. But as far as talking just about court vision and the way things that unfold and being able to set a defense and picking your spots, for a young player to be able to come in and do that with a young team and the way that he plays defense in in Snipes' passing lanes, I think that's going to be huge for them. We're spending a lot of time yeah, on Orlando. Yeah, this Orlando pro- podcast is brought to you by Epcot Center and Walt Disney World. <laughs> in public. In Publix. In Publix. <laughs> yes. In public shopping. <laughs> oh, yes. This is beautiful. Um, speaking of Michigan draftees, we did have another one. And shockingly, oh, we had, the, we had the good one, and he fell all the way to the second round. This just never happens. Like, it's, it's very rare that my favorite players end up on my favorite pro teams after college. So it was, like, crazy. Like, the Pistons actually drafted Livers. I was like, holy shit. Livers is going to be his... How much playtime he gets in... I don't even want to say develops. Because I feel like Livers is close to a finished product. But how he fits in the NBA is going to be super interesting to me. Because Livers has size. And he has great defensive tenacity. And everybody knows Livers can shoot the lights out of any gym. The problems are, one, he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. I mean, Livers has had some of the poorest injury luck imaginable. And I don't know if he has poor bone density. I don't know if his feet are literally made of glass. He has had... Every lower body injury you can imagine over the last couple of years and has not been able to finish the season with us in way too long. But the dude pipes it from everywhere. He does not miss <laughs> open shots. He can hit turnaround fadeaway jumpers from anywhere inside the arc. He knocks them down from deep outside the arc. He can dunk. He is a little bit athletically limited. He's not going to be able to guard guards. I, I mean, that's going to be a problem for him, of course. Uh, against he's, he's, his best position is probably the four. You could say he's a little bit undersized for that, right? He's only six foot seven. It's going to be hard for him at the NBA level to bang down low with he's those guys. He's not going to play the four. So that's, I, but that's the position that really he's best suited for is, is a stretch four. Does he have? Can he keep up with NBA threes? It's going to be. He is kind of, defensively, I'm talking defensively, he's a tweener. His size and athleticism are not the profile that you want. He showed plenty of willingness to defend in college, and he's a smart defender, but no, look, if when he, he, if he is athletic be, enough... If he can just be a semi-decent D and play 3 and D, I mean, look, for years I was screaming at the Pistons they put some shooters on these damn teams. You're sitting there wasting away oh, the best shooter. center in basketball for years in Andre Drummond with no shooters around him. There was no one to All shoot right. the damn ball. <laughs> Bump the brakes. What? You're not. I'm <laughs> sorry. This man was averaging like 15 and 13 for the Pistons. That's, that's pretty damn good as a center. It's not the best. Center I said, the best. Did I say the best? Sorry. One of the best. Oh, I thought I, I, you might have. I thought I, I might have said, said the best. best. I meant but my, my headphones are kind of messed up. No, but <laughs> it's like, all right. Numbers wise. Listen, personal numbers, we're projecting. We're very excited. We're very excited about what the Pistons are doing. Getting, just from a scoring offensive standpoint alone, getting a player the caliber of Libbers mid-second is a great pick, I think, because he has all the upside in the world. 
It's just about finding a spot for him on defense and keeping him from being picked on. Because if if you an NBA four should be able to have their way with him, just just size wise, it's going to be he doesn't have the elite athleticism. But if he has to chase guards around, that's also going to be a problem. They just have to pick their spots and play really good team defense when he's on the floor. And he's shown plenty of willingness and intelligence I mean, to do that. It's just about not getting him in matchups that, not necessarily it's his fault, but that he can't handle. But on the other end, I mean, he does plenty offensively. He can put the ball on the deck as needed. I mean, he's not a great passer. He's not going to get you three assists a game or anything like that. But stretching the defense and being able to hit from anywhere, creating his own shot, and not not with any amazing dribble skills, not with any sick athleticism blowing by people, straight up just giving people the business, turning around, stepping back, and drilling a 15-footer over anybody. That's not something that most guys can do. And that's something that he can do. He, he is a bucket getter. And I think that at 49 is pretty damn good. I don't even think his defense matters at all because his shooting is his ticket in the NBA. Like, when he comes in, obviously he can get better on defense, and he, and he probably will. But what's going to get him on the court and keep him on the court is the shooting. If he's not knocking down the shots, he's going to be on the bench anyway because he's never going to develop and do like that Tony Allen level of defender uh, where you can only be on the floor for your defense. And I think he can knock shots down, but that's that's his ticket to his entire career. He doesn't ever have to learn to play defense if he doesn't want to. You know, not if he wants to. Not even if he wants to start. That, not that even ain't gonna if fly he wants to get like a Duncan. It might not even not even if he wants to get like you know like a Duncan Robinson level contract, like he can make a lot a lot of money just being a, a marksman and a knockdown shooter. And anything else that he gives you, uh, whether it's rebounding or defense, is is really just a plus. Look, if, uh, if Rip Hamilton's scrawny ass can learn to play defense here in Detroit, then his ass can learn to play defense here in Detroit. Yeah, but Rip had requisite <laughs> athleticism to to fly around. Like Rip could chase guards; yeah. it was fine. But not before Detroit. He, really is, didn't. he if, wasn't that much. If Livers is like, if Livers is forty five, forty, ninety, like, the Pistons aren't going to ever let him go. Oh, that's so. That's the thing is his. He's just he's a walking bucket. He scores the ball. His like you said, forty, fifty, ninety, right? His. You said 45, 50, 90, I think. I, I did because that's... I – so I thought he was close to 50, 40, 90 in college. And when I was doing the draft uh, reaction, I looked it up and he was really like never close to that, um, at least like field goal percentage-wise. But, I mean, you don't well, have to be 50, 40, 90. Well, it's because he takes so many three-pointers. If, if he's doing 40 – well, no, I mean, yeah, it was the field goal percentage. But he was obviously close on the – he was over on the three-point percentage and he was like right there on the free throw where it was like – 80, 91 year and like 88 the other year or something. So I mean, he just, if he can he get to 45 miss. field goal percentage, um, taking, you know, probably a majority of his shots, at, you know, being three pointers, like he doesn't ever have to hit 50. Well, but I, if, I he, even, if he can get to 45, you know, 45, 40, 90, you're going to take that all day and that's going to keep him as part of the piss and score 100%. I, I don't even care about his overall field goal percentage just because I know he's going to take so many more threes than twos. Just make 50 plus percent of your twos. You know what I mean? 50, 55% of your twos. A much safer projection for long-term NBA career than Luca Garza. But I, I do feel like this guy was an offensive force 
that we have rarely seen in college, so much so that he was the player of the year in all of college basketball. All the amazing players that come through college basketball, and he was had the best season of all of them. And really, the year before, almost did the same thing, was a finalist. And you, this is a guy you got to give a chance, right? I, I mean, I understand his defensive limitations are worse than anybody else in this draft. But in this league, the way it is in 2021, when you have a seven-footer that shoots, I don't know, 45% from three, that is a force legitimately from all three levels, that hits his free throws, are you really telling me you can't find a place for a guy like that just because his defense is abhorrent? Uh, when you're a center, it's it's pretty hard. Uh, and because he's like, <laughs> slow too so like even if you're a little bit quicker uh you can kind of get away with it i don't know again i mean again he just picked 52 um and it's another thing that we talked about on the on the draft reaction video i didn't want him i said it before they took him and then they took him and i was like well uh so to me it was just a bad taste in my mouth well, I still of seeing <laughs> yeah true but it was just a bad taste in my mouth of seeing him like because he, he dominated all these dudes that I hadn't heard of, right? Uh, no, like, I know they were in the Big Ten, probably some good Big Ten teams, Wisconsin, Purdue, whoever. Uh, he's going crazy against them. And then every time I saw him against the big who I was like, oh, this is, like, sort of like his equal, right? Xavier Tillman, Hunter Dickinson, um, like, those type of guys. It always just seemed like he was so bad and he couldn't get anything. And you're going to obviously see way more of that in the NBA. But again, it's pick 52. I wasn't going to love it probably no matter who, who it was. Um, and there was everybody at that spot that, that you can criticize. So after that, I did feel a little bit silly, like kind of going so hard against it. But I didn't want Garza. I don't want Garza. But like I said, and I said it before we picked him, I think he is going to dominate the summer league because those are the types of guys that he dominated in college. Um, so I think it's going to be funny, and there's going to be a lot of hype about him through the summer league as he just like tears through some of that, you know, you're going to see those 20 and 15 games in the summer league. And well, especially gonna hype and I'm going to be like, eh, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm, the I, defensive it intensity so. is not going to be there. And he really is just like livers, a walking bucket, but he is that it's seven feet tall. Eh. It, I, I don't, I didn't mind the in pick college. He was, he was what? A walking bucket. Oh, a walking bucket. I don't know if he's going to be you in the... You don't pro- think he's going to be in the NBA? No, I don't think he's going to be a walking bucket in the NBA. I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, the guy, no, that, the that's guy probably is a not center happen, that, but... that shot 45% from deep. In college. That doesn't make you a walking bucket in the NBA, though. I mean, it's just going to be harder shots. He's not going to lose his ability to shoot. But, you know, part of him being a walking bucket in college was him being able just to dominate down low for... 95% of his games. And then if you cut that down in the NBA where you're not going to be able to do that, and then you're solely relying on your shooting, um, obviously you become more more predictable. Um, it's just harder to get shots off against NBA guys. I'm not saying it can't I, I work. Just, I just don't think it will. And not that anybody at 52, again, I would have been sitting here like, oh, that's the guy. I mean, like, unless he turns into like a, a Peja where he's just – for the most part, he he's, already did. He's camping around between was, you know fifteen and twenty three feet for his shots. I don't see him banging he, bodies down low. He already did drop like thirty pounds. Um, 
But he, I think he went from two seventy to like two forty five from when he last played at Iowa. So that I mean that was has, a good sign, knowing that you know he's probably he knew he was probably a little bit too slow, so he's trying to get a little bit leaner, a little bit quicker. So I mean, if if he has the work ethic, uh, that that seems like a positive sign already. And like I said, I guess we'll has, see a little bit in the summer league, kind of what he's about, but. He has the skill to score down low in the NBA. He is not going to bang with an Embiid or a Gobert, but he has the skill, the the literal skill around the basket. It's not always about size and oh, so strength. He's gonna he's the gonna dude Kevin McHale then. Ridiculously that. offensively skilled. I mean, ridic- to succeed at the level that he did with how ridiculously stiff and unathletic he is. It speaks well, I mean, wildly to how much yeah, offensive against skill college that he has. I know, but the NBA is different. Very yeah, different. and and it's the Big Ten where a lot of those centers are like unathletic and just big. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But he, but that's he wasn't scoring because he was bigger or no. faster than he most was of the people he was playing against. He was scoring he, from with skill. With, he was better than whoever he faced. Skill almost translates every time. at the NBA. Not level. always. Not when you have bigger, faster, stronger defending that skill level. I don't know. We'll see. I, I disagree. I think his offense how many, translates how to How many the guys NBA. that it's, have won freaking AP Player of the Year in college basketball and didn't pan out to be shit in the NBA, but a bench player that got you 7-5? and five? We would be ecstatic if we got 7-5 and five off the bench from the 52 overall pick. But you are talking about would him we not? like he's going to drop 15 a game all the time. Yeah, I no, mean, yeah, you, a, you'd be, you'd be happy about all. it, but you wouldn't call that a walking bucket. I'm I'm just and talking I, I about, think that's well, Matt's point. Where when when I say walking bucket, I don't mean forty a game. I mean from an efficiency standpoint. Like when he's on the court, no, if he's he a threat to score from everywhere game, and will score. It's a score. successful career. If Luca Garza can get fifteen points a game, to me that's a wildly a game, successful, a successful career. career. He was the fifty-second overall pick. He doesn't need to score in double digits. Uh, if he can stick around in the NBA, we're talking about a late second round pick. In the NBA, anything outside of the lottery, hey, they might not be on the roster in a couple Isaiah of years. Isaiah Thomas won the scoring title you know at number mean? 60. Uh, I mean, again, you uh, can be. It's not that you. You can exceed your draft stock and still be like a not very good NBA player. I don't know. I must be the only one that liked this pick. I'm, uh, I feel like I think I'm on so. an island here. Or at least you're a one out of three. I, I mean, don't know how everyone look, I'll that. say this much. Out of everyone who was picked after him. I think I'd take Luca before all the ones that were picked <laughs> after him. So I'm happy about that on the Pistons side. There's not like there was an obvious guy that fell and fell and fell and been like, go get him now kind of situation. But again, this is the 57th pick out of 60 picks. You know, we get anything out of it. That's an absolute I mean, bonus. I like it. I like the upside of taking a guy with his offensive skill set that was college player of the year. In year in year out, and I know it's college, and I know it's not the same as the next level. And there's a better chance that he busts like out of the league completely in a few years than there is that he averages double digit points. But it's it's pick fifty two, dude. I, I don't know. I, I like the upside there. Oh no, it's not fifty seven. Fifty seven. Who's fifty seven? Fifty seven is the dude that I can't name. Yeah, but Balsa something. Watch your mouth. I don't know. I, I looked. Uh, I, I, I I looked up his scouting report because I had never heard of him. Um, I mean, it he, seems he like he was tall, State, and the only thing that I saw so did like fifteen other guys. So I don't know who he is. Yeah, the the only thing that I saw was he has good touch, <laughs> but he can't shoot and he can't really finish. <laughs> he, so, he just has a soft so touch. What, what does he have so good touch? Well, I guess at? high you, fives. 
No, I mean you could have a good. I mean you could like have a good soft touch. He's real good at beer pong. You just you just might not be like really good at you know getting the ball in the in the basket. Uh, I don't know because I, like, I was I means. was reading it up. Is he's seven feet? He didn't really like. He's not a super good rebounder for his size. Uh, uh, but again, like it's it's pick fifty seven. But I was looking at it and I was like, this has almost no upside. I guess if you can like if you have a really good shooting coach and maybe you can teach him to shoot. But I don't know. All right. Well, there was, a- I was I was trying to figure out something and I couldn't. And I was like, all right. <laughs> outside of outside of Orlando and the Pistons, anybody any teams have a draft you guys really liked? I like the Rockets draft. I know you didn't because they took Christopher, but well, I, so I thought the I, Rockets no, I had liked, a really I, nice draft. I know I I like the Rockets draft a lot. I think they did a fantastic job. I in I'm never gonna overly criticize a pick at 24 unless there was just something behind them that I think would have. Well, I mean, personally, there are a handful of guys. You look at guys that went really shortly after. I think Cam Thomas would have been a better pick. Um, I, I just oh, don't yeah. think Cam, Josh Cam Thomas to the Nets too. What a guy! I, I, I don't. What a coup they got. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that would have been a, a much better use of resource for the Rockets. But it's 24. I'm not going to criticize too hard. And I love what they did with their first, their first three picks were fantastic. Like fantastic. Um, Jalen Green, great pick at number two. Um, you can't possibly knock that. Jalen Johnson, really nice pick late in the first round. And then I, I am analytics love Usman Gruba. Love him. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's always tough projecting coming out of Europe, but I, he played in one of the best leagues in the world that isn't the NBA. Uh, the, um, the Rockets got a uh, Sengun, too. No, they did not. Yeah, they did. They traded for him. Get out of here, dude. Yeah, they got him at 16. It was them that took him. Oh, my God. No, the Rockets draft was my favorite for sure. That's right. You are right. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, obviously the Warriors drafted beautifully in this draft. You know. Did they? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, See, I, I thought, you don't know I, I who Jonathan got, Kaminga is because he didn't lucky. play in college this year. That's he played in the G League. Oh, you do know him. That's that's yeah. not – that. I know exactly who okay. he is, and I'm not a big fan of him. You're not a big fan of an 18-year-old that averaged 16 points and seven rebounds I, in the G League. I think, he is, I think he is four years away from being playable in the NBA. Four years away. No. I think two. I think two of being someone that can actually be a contributor to the Warriors. Three years from being relevant in the NBA. And I don't know how, and I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he watches. I just don't think it's seven. It's not as bad because. And then you got Moses Moody who gets to learn from Steph freaking Curry. Moody, Moody, Moose. (laughs) Can you please play what Kendrick Perkins called him? Yes, I will try and find that. <laughs> I, I didn't hear it. What did I miss? Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. Kendrick Perkins just bombing this dude's name. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> All right, but but think about this. In in two in two years, you've got Steph and Clay's replacements starting the second squad for you in Kaminga and Moody, and maybe being able to take over that that spot when Steph and Clay decide to say they've had enough, or might just go off somewhere else and get paid like crazy to be these guys. But these are two 
potentially elite scorers in, in the league that the Warriors got both of them. And they're getting they're to learn. Getting traded to the Sixers for Ben Simmons. <laughs> and they get to learn from the elite scorer in the in the NBA in Steph Curry. And another one in Klay Thompson that's pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think the Warriors killed it in this draft. Their first two picks yeah, alone. I, I think they got lucky kind of at both picks. Uh, so the guys fell Kuminga to fall, Yeah, Kuminga, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, falling to seven. You know, he, he could have went five. Um, I mean, not after Suggs was there. But if Suggs went four, Kuminga could have went five. Um, Moody could have gone really anywhere from, like, ten on down. Uh, the Spurs taking Primo was a pretty big surprise because he was mocked, like, mid to late 20s, and they just ended up taking him at 12. Um, well, it's the Spurs. And then, <laughs> and then you had, you know, like, uh, Zaire Williams, too, who was probably still around that range, but I don't know. I, I think they got luckier with Moody than maybe they did with Kuminga. Uh, I don't know. I, I do like him. You know, Kuminga is obviously a little bit more raw, but you can kind of afford it uh, with with the guys that you, you know, with the guys that you have. Um, See, I, I disagree with that. I, I think they need, unless they're going to trade the potential for someone I don't think they have this infinite window, and they're trying to. I win mean, it's not now. infinite, but none of it's... the guys underneath is like, "Oh, that guy's." No, but this is you plug him in for twenty-five minutes a game right now. There, I mean, there's so, no better uh, league to get you as close as possible to NBA ready than the G League. This is a whole bunch of guys trying to make that next step. There's no better league for it, and this man, and this kid at 18 years old. I mean, I absolutely disagree with that. I I think a ton of the leagues in Europe are better than the G League for that. I think a lot of the college leagues are better than that. We have no evidence to the contrary. I mean, it's just an assumption because they're playing low-level NBA players that it's going to develop them better. I would much rather take somebody playing in Spain. I understand your reasoning for that. I think the G League is getting better and better, and you're seeing more and more of their stars coming in and contributing on NBA championship teams. All these guys are going, who are these guys that came out of nowhere? Or a couple of them that are actually on the Olympic roster right now out of the G League. (laughs) Getting carried by KD. So you you, you talked about a guy who's going to come in and contribute right away on their team. I I think Franz would have been a great fit there. And I think he three years sooner can make an impact from a guy like Kuminga. We will see. We yeah, will I see. don't think he's going to contribute right away on the Magic, let alone. And it's not. Warriors. And you t- you talk about okay, he's eighteen. Franz is nineteen. It's it's not like he's old. He's one of the younger players in the draft, even though he spent two years in college. I'm not saying anything against Franz. No, I know. I I'm just comparing them. Because um, you talked about the upside of Kuminga, and, and there is, there's a ton of. That's why he went where he went, and he ha- he has the tools. I just don't know if I buy them developing in the NBA. Like I, I just I don't I don't love right. his game, just... and I could be wrong. I mean, he could be a superstar. I mean, the freaking Warriors obviously clearly know a thing or two about drafting. So I'm not gonna for a minute knock that. But I, I just for a team that's that needs to win now in the in the immediate term, I, I just I don't like taking such a developmental pick unless your plan is to eventually trade him. Speaking of a team that's trying to win now, the former defending champion Los Angeles Lakers have spent 
the beginning of free agency, pulling players in like it's 2005. They're about 15 years late with the names that have joined this roster of Lakers. From Carmelo Anthony to Russell Westbrook, bringing back Dwight Howard, bringing back, uh, I think they're bringing, I, I think they re, they kept Marcus All as well. Uh, you've got a, uh, <clears throat> not a young roster there in Los Angeles to kick off uh, the free agency that had a whole lot of big names. Might be a little bit past their prime big names, but they're still big names going to new teams this year, Ryan. Yeah, uh, obviously Kyle Lowry is probably the, the biggest one. I'm surprised you forgot to mention your boy Trevor Ariza. Who's oh, coming back? Now going to be the one guy on there from the from the Kobe team. The man they kicked out that, from freaking Ron Artest, a.k.a. Meta World Peace. Well, that worked out too. Uh, so you have Trevor you have Trevor Ariza back. Uh, but they, I mean, they did get Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn too. That is so true. Not all, not all of their pickups are. I am stoked you know, about are, those are two. Super picks. old. I, I, man, I like Monk. I wanted Monk to. I wanted the Pistons to find a way to get him, and then he went to the Lakers, and I was upset. And then Nunn went to the Lakers, and I was super upset. Because uh, I mean, it's their, you know, like they could be their second ball handler. I don't know. And then LeBron had that tweet yesterday about everybody, you know, keep that same energy, X, Y, and Z. And they're probably going to be like a top two title favorite uh, with, you know, obviously with Brooklyn. Um, and they still might get Iguodala because he, I mean, it's another old guy, but he, he, uh, yeah, three teams. narrowed down his list of three teams a day. Yeah, the Nets, the Lakers, and the Warriors. If you ain't sniffing a title, Iggy don't want to come play for you. Right. I mean, but I mean, we haven't talked about Kaminga. Or, like, talk about Kaminga. What if Iguodala goes over there? It's just another guy to learn from. True. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I generally like what the Lakers did. The jokes are funny because all the guys are super old. Uh, there's still not a tremendous amount of shooting, which might rear its head in the playoffs uh, if you're the Lakers. Hang on. Hold but, up. There's plenty of shooting. Russell Westbrook shoots all the damn time. <laughs> it ain't always going true. in. Yeah, there's, there's, a, lot of, <laughs> but he's there's a lot of shots that are going to be going up. Uh, Mellow, I mean, baby. I, I think Russ can really help him in the regular season, take some of the pressure off Brown and, and AD, because that's a guy who at least he always cares. Um, so I wouldn't even be surprised to see like LeBron defer to him and in the at the end of some of these regular season games. But in the playoffs, if Russ still thinks like, all right, now it's my time to shine, um, then I think you get uh get 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 a little get a little bit of conflict and a little bit of worry if you're the Lakers. But, I mean, they, they improved their team from last year, I, I think, certainly. Just adding the talent, that's Russell Westbrook, and uh, adding, you know, guy, again, guys like Kendrick Monk, or Kendrick Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk. Uh, bringing Dwight back, I did like, because I think Dwight Howard is a, just like a good backup center. And I think he plays and, well with LeBron. I think, I think LeBron is good for Dwight Howard, much better for Dwight Howard than Kobe Bryant ever was. Just, you know, they're of the same mentality when it comes to liking to joke around and have fun. Uh, LeBron obviously knows that's what it is to be not, serious. That's also not a and fair I mean, comparison And Dwight's, at all. Dwight's more mature now than he was right. when. Wait, what's not a fair obviously comparison? Obviously, than when he was with Kobe. It's, it's not fair to compare the way Kobe <laughs> impacts a guy like Dwight. I mean, it's not like Kobe is not at all times running the offense and dishing the ball out and feeding you. And Kobe wasn't going to feed you. That's not true at all. 
Excuse me. Excuse you. You said it's not true at all. You're talking about a shooting guard that averaged damn near six assists for his career, and when he felt like doing it, it would drop eleven in a game for no for no reason whatsoever. When well, he had to facilitate, like he, he facilitated. Didn't feel like it very often. He didn't that's, do it with Dwight point. because he didn't. Well, like and and it, it worked out pretty well for him. Go talk to Pau Gasol. Uh, ask if Kobe fed him. Kobe fed him. When Kobe got along with that? you and liked your work ethic, he fed you. When he didn't believe in you and didn't believe in your work ethic, a la Dwight Howard when he was with the Lakers, he didn't want to feed you. He had no reason to feed you. All right, C- Kobe sabotaging it. the team over personal vendettas. Sabotaging? Dwight Howard didn't do a dick in L.A. the first time around. He did better as a bench player this time with LeBron than he did as a starter with Kobe. It's Kobe's fault. That is not Kobe's you fault. It's Dwight Howard's bet. fault. You can bet if LeBron played with Powell in 2009, he'd let him continue being a soft little bitch. You're damn so, right. Oh, my God. Yin and yang. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean, I I liked what the Lakers did. I mean, obviously, the Bulls uh, spent a, a whole lot, a lot of money <laughs> to improve their roster. But the, the Lakers were front and center. I mean, and for good reason, right? Obviously, you add Russell Westbrook. None of the guys that you send out are <laughs> really any good. It hurts because they're probably like, three of your four best perimeter defenders that you just got rid of. Um, and nobody you got back is probably as good at those things. Uh, but, I mean, see if it works or something. Did you, <laughs> see, if it works did you see the ridiculous fact about uh, the Lakers like they came out with that LeBron is now the longest tenured Laker on the team? <laughs> <laughs> at three years, he is the longest tenured. He swept oh, they, everybody on that team out of that team. <laughs> He said, "Nope." And they kept uh, over. And and they kept Horton Tucker, which is good, which is great actually because THT yep. give him some uh, some uh, Caruso's minutes and let him see if he can blossom. That's who they are. That's who they're betting on to take that next step next year for the Lakers is THT. They're a, they are betting on this man because he took a great step this year. They are betting on him to make that next step and become one of the more elite scoring guards in the league. That's what they are betting well, on I... if they're going to win a title. Kendrick Nunn, to me, is the biggest signing that the Lakers made. And I I don't understand all of the, and it's fun, all the retirement home comments in the way that this roster has been constructed and the way that it could very easily backfire in especially uh, how are these guys going to mesh? How is Westbrook going to mesh with LeBron? And yeah, LeBron can change his game to play any way necessary, but does that mean it's going to be best for the team? And how is AD going to fit into that picture when AD is, some people would say, the best player on the team. I think those people are crazy, but clearly your second best player on the team, right? But Kendrick Nunn, unlike most of their signings, is a young and efficient, relatively efficient player, more so than the rest of the team. He is a guy that on decent teams the last couple of years— Oh my goodness! He, he is a guy that on a Miami team, the last couple of years, he's averaged what like fifteen points a game. This is a guy that can give much needed shooting and scoring to a team and youthful legs. This team does not have a lot of youthful legs. He's probably like five years younger than the average age of the Lakers starting lineup. Signing a guy like Kendrick Nunn, I think, was huge for this team, and I think can make a lot of difference. I mean, they signed depth all over the place. I know, Matt, you mocked it a little bit. I think Carmelo Anthony can add some much-needed shooting to this team, especially spot-up. The last couple years, he's shown that when not 
having to carry a team. He can knock down the three ball with plenty of efficiency. And when you need when you need that boost on a team that doesn't have enough shooters, I mean, on a team desperate for shooting, these are the guys that I think are going to make a big difference. Because if you can just pack the paint against the Lakers and force them to beat you shooting difficult shots, they have to be able to space the floor. They have to be able to create lanes. This team, you can make an argument they're going to be dangerous. And you know this team's going to play defense. When it matters, this team's going to be a very good defensive team. They have to have guys that can knock down the ball, and they have to have fresh legs. No, I mean, like, Kendrick Nunn's obviously not a bad player, and he's somebody that I like, go Grizzlies. But there are times, even last year, uh, even with him shooting 40% from three, where, like, the Heat just didn't play him because, like, almost like they couldn't. Um, So I don't really understand kind of why that is. So there are obviously risks that – that, that come with him being on your team. Um, and I guess just relying on him too much, even though they're probably not going to. I bet R- Russ runs a lot with the second unit, uh, but I do like Kendrick Nunn to be that kind of second or third pseudo point guard um, for them. As long, I mean, as long as somebody doesn't go down and you give him like, too much responsibility. I don't know. That, that's my man, though. I don't think there's any reason he can't play a lot of two for this team either. I don't think he... Has, I know that he's been a point guard, but he's not tiny. He's not big, but, I mean, he's, what is he, like 6'3", 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. No, he's yeah, a small him, guy. Him and Monk are both like 6'3". He has the requisite athleticism. He, he has the tenacity. He can play the two on this team. And I think, so obviously you have Russ and you have LeBron. And whenever they're on the floor, one of them are going to dictate the offense. Kendrick can play off the ball. I don't think that's out of the question. And you talked about him not getting as much run with the Heat. Uh, one, it's not like he didn't play, right? He averaged well. There were like a stretches game. of games where he like they just sort of like. But they kind of even have in like the playoffs. A log uh, jam. The year guard. they went to the like the the year they went to the finals. Um, like there was just like an entire series where they didn't play him in the playoffs, and like that's the stuff that's concerning. It it is. It's not that I think that Kendrick Nunn is a superstar and is the best player that the Lakers added. I just think he fills huge holes on this team from a shooting standpoint, from a depth standpoint, from being able to come in and address a position of need. I, th- I think that's where he really fits in well with this team in, in his youth, which cannot on a team that is going to average like 31 years old. I mean, I don't really know, but really old by athlete standards they need young legs yeah i think he was it's the one signing that i just i it hasn't gotten talked about a lot at least it it, the places that i listen to and read and i think it was one of their better signings and maybe i'm alone on that i don't i i like i like none and monk for a second unit run where you let you know you let your two guards sit and rest in you know in westbrook and you know tht you throw Malik and you throw Kendrick out there. You know Malik um, improved his three-point shooting tremendously this year. You know shot you know over forty percent. Uh, so you let him staying around the outside, let none do what he does, and you get you know you get buckets while your starters are getting their rest, which is what the Lakers need because they were not getting that at all, even when they won their championship. There was no bench. 
There was one guy, one or maybe two. That was it. There was no real bench to give the starters rest and still be able to produce points for the team and continue to keep the lead or even in in chance in, in certain uh, circumstances extend the lead. And they're bringing in guys that I think can do that for those five minute spurts where the guys are getting their rest. The only the only thing that worries me about Monk is he he took a ton of threes. Like he took a lot of threes last year. For, for playing 20 minutes a game. He took five threes in those 20 minutes every game, and he hit them. But he has not done that his whole career up until this point. Now, he's young, right? We've been talking about youth. This is his fourth year in the NBA, but he's only 22 years old. So maybe it started to click. Maybe he figured it out a little bit. But it is some concern that if he regresses, I mean – he shot 40% last year. The year before, he shot sub-30. For his career, he's low 30s. Can he keep up that pace? I think things will be easier for these guys in LA because they should have open shots and a lot of open shots. If they don't, things have gone disastrously wrong offensively for this team. Another reason the youth is so important is keeping these guys not just fresh, but healthy. When you have a roster that is this old, and you have LeBron has battled injuries for years now, you have got to keep these guys healthy because they don't have the depth to withstand. If they lose, if they lose Russ down the stretch in the playoffs, they're done, right? Do you, uh, disagree, do you disagree with that? I think if you lose Russ, you still have a shot. I mean, who's going to step uh, up just, and be Just with LeBron guy? and AD, because then LeBron can just sit there and be... I mean, you don't always need a, a third guy. You do but right now. Even any, and even anybody else that we talked about. I mean, not really. Cause, so, like, Golden State's third guy would be Draymond. But, like, Draymond's way worse now than he was even a couple years ago. Uh, and it's not like Denver has a third guy. I'm with Ryan as far as Russ. It would hurt, obviously, but I think you're seeing the pieces, and there are still pieces to come that the Lakers can go get. I mean, there's no reason Rondo can't come back to L.A. This man doesn't like to stay in one place for too long anyway. So there's no reason where he just <laughs> won a title, had Rondo fun playing. Rondo is 90. Rondo is 90 can still run an offense for you. Don't act like he can't. Well, I don't. So I don't think they. You got Russ. You got LeBron. You got Kendrick Nunn. They have. They have that, don't they? Not in your mind. Oh, According you're to you. About if Russ, Russ goes down, they done. Okay, so you're. Didn't sound like you believed Kendrick Nunn could fill on, them shoes. I guess it depends on when. Uh, when Russ goes down, you want them to just pluck Rondo to be their savior and replace Russ. I don't know about that. You're damn know. right. Give me playoff Rondo think, all day. I think you're a little too attached. Listen, I'm a big Only Rondo Celtic fan, worth a damn a off attached. that championship team. I, I'd feel better if they could pluck CP3, but that's obviously not an option. No, that man signed a bag for his final contract with Phoenix. It's un- <laughs> it's so funny. Dylan, Dylan hemmed and hawed so hard about his previous contract and how awful it was. They almost get a title because of it, and then he signs a worse contract. <laughs> <laughs> a better contract. What are you talking about? Wait, who's who's view better are we looking him? at here? Yeah, better for him. Who not, gives a not shit about for... the Phoenix Suns organization? 
Uh, Dylan Let was. them spend all their money. What? Yeah, this man's a freaking Suns fan, a Hornets fan. No, it's it's more about the principle, I think, about efficient spending. Interesting concept whose man, his entire life motto is fuck the man. That That is true. <laughs> and yet he's I, I think siding the with the man on this one. Just because they're not ever going to be drastically better than they were this year. And this year, the stars aligned for them, and they still didn't get the job See, done. See, so. this is where I disagree on that. Because Booker is Booker. I think Aiton gets better. I think Campaign gets better. I think Johnson gets I think they do get better around CP3. CP3 might take enough. a little bit of a dip. Not better enough. The I don't know if that that's true. you got a lot of guys in their 20s where this is the time to make those leaps. And I think the Suns have a few of them that can make those leaps. This team went from not making the playoffs to making the NBA Finals in one year. With a lot of help. In, yes, you know what? And that happens. People get hurt in the playoffs. We see it every single year. You can point to every single NBA title and say, well, so-and-so got hurt. Well, they didn't get the title. They no, lost to they a didn't. bum They blew team. it. They had a 2-0 lead, and they blew it. They, they lost to a team that shot worse than any team in the last 15 years that won the title, I'm saying. No one has won the title shooting like that since the Pistons. I'm just saying, I, I think the pieces around CP3 will be better next year than they were this year. Well, All, you all four of the other starting five members. Right. You expect and also, better, but they are at that age where they're supposed to be getting better. They're supposed to be. Booker's I, I supposed to be hitting his stride. Aiton's supposed to be hitting his stride. Payne's supposed to be hitting his stride. These guys are supposed to be hitting what their peak abilities are going to be. They're supposed to be I near mean, them. And you would think, with the age that they are and the way that this usually goes, that next year will be better for each of them. Not better for CP3, but this man, ha- you know, this, this man has not hit the cliff. You know, a la Tom Brady, who hasn't hit the cliff. He, he did, didn't hit the cliff ball. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think his pieces around him are going to cover more than his detriment. So I, I think I think the step that they take next year could have been the difference of them beating the Bucks this past year in the finals. The problem is, even at that level, it's not good enough to get to the finals in my mind. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we don't know who's going to get hurt next year. Someone's going to get hurt. I, More than one someone. Somebody. It happens every so year. <laughs> the, so the, the Lakers are better than them. The Warriors are better than them. The Jazz are better than them. Denver may be I, better I than them. I don't know about them. the Jazz. Well, that's because you hate, you hate their center. But here's the thing. The Lakers' entire well, healthy season this year. depends on one guy staying healthy. Boys. If LeBron gets hurt, the Lakers' entire season is done. They might make the playoffs, but they're not winning a title. Denver, yeah, we've seen it year yes. in and year out with Denver. They can't stay healthy. They lose someone big every single year. But everybody happened. has to get hurt. That's that's just the thing. But they don't and need everybody if, to get hurt. They just they need the certain finals. key guys to get Even hurt. if they get to the finals, if the Nets are anywhere near healthy, they're steamrolling them. Probably. But don't act like Kyrie and KD can't get hurt. It's happened. But... I just don't We're think hard. everybody's going to get hurt again like this past season. Don't and act even like Harden can't get got, arrested at a strip club. Even, it can happen. Even though, even though everybody <laughs> got hurt this past season, they still didn't get the job done. That's what terrifies me. And not only not only did everyone get hurt, uh, but even – Ball's a loser. Even, oh, you need to stop. Even Giannis <laughs> was not 100% to start the series. No, but guess what? The help around Giannis was and showed up. 
And this is what I'm did saying show with the up Suns. for once in in a shocking manner, actually. But, and and yes, I agree. But more than Chris Paul, it can happen. And you the guys on the Suns, not named Chris Paul, have the names that can get better and step up. Sometimes losing the final is the greatest lesson. Go look at the Pistons. Not the 4 ones. They didn't have that pleasure. <laughs> the bad boys. Go well, look at the Bulls. Losing them all the way to the eventually win. Uh, there's a lot of teams it didn't work for. There's a lot of teams it didn't work for. But I think the Suns have pieces. You know, and I'm not a Suns fan. In any way, shape, or form. DeAndre Ayton? Hell yeah, that's my dog. Arizona, let's go. But I have no reason to be a Suns fan besides him. I like Devin Booker. I like a lot of the wing uh, players. You're a, you're a big fan of the 08 Suns, I heard. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think they have players that can make that next step and be better this upcoming season than they were last season. And with Chris Paul being anywhere near what he can do, that's still a dangerous team. And they can lose a player and still be dangerous. They can lose Chris Paul for a while and still be dangerous. I don't think they can lose Chris Paul. Like, they can be good. I don't know if you can be dangerous if you lose Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're losing a ton there if you lose him. But I don't think their season is over. I think they still have pieces to make a nice run. As much as other teams like the Lakers, who I think season is over if they lose. I don't, I don't know. If, if if Devin Booker, like, led a team to, the, like, the Western Conference Finals, I'd be pretty surprised. And I love him, and it'd be cool to see. But if, like, Chris Paulus' sons are out here just smacking teams. I mean, for the you, first, you like, don't see Booker making that leap to be damn near, like, a 30-point scorer game? I mean, you got a lot of 30-point scorers a game. Not a lot. There's a couple. I don't want to say there's a lot. I mean, you you, you kind of got a lot. How many were there last year? making the conference finals. Uh, I don't know how many hit 30-30, but there are some like Zach Levine was close. Uh, Trey Young is close. And Trey Young did get to the conference finals, but so was Luka. Uh, and Luka did not, get, <laughs> did not get to the conference finals. Um who, who, oh, Steph, obviously, and they got smacked in the playing. Um, second was Bradley Beal, and they got smacked in the first okay, round. Just for the record, last year there were two players. There was Steph and Bradley I, Beal. They were the only two to score I know, 30 but plus if, a but game. If someone, but if someone's at 28 a game, like that's close enough to 30. Yeah, I know. So at that point you got Lillard, Embiid, Giannis, and then right behind him is Doncic. Yeah, and, and, and four of those guys, five or six of those guys got smacked. Yeah, but oh, hang on. Does Lillard have the same help around him that Booker does? I think Booker's got better no. help. Booker has way better help. Beal definitely oh, has better help. I, I, I'd still be surprised if he got... Who? No, sorry. sorry. Beal has no, no, better no, no, help sorry. than I'm who? saying Booker definitely has better help than Beal. Oh. Definitely has better help than, right. than Luka. Definitely has better help than Levine. Yeah. Yeah, that's because you have Chris Paul, though. Wait, did you say Levine? Yeah. That is not his name. I'm sorry, that's not how I spell Levine. I'm Jewish. <laughs> okay, see, I so I mispronounce everything. So it's even I even got a capital concerned. V in it, like it's La. I, I was very concerned that I was just dumb and didn't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, I understand why that scares you because you don't know how to say names all the damn time. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what. I, that's my point. Because no, I, I don't purpose. know. Oh my goodness! To full disclosure, it's Gobert, right? Yes, it's Gobert. Yeah, it's, it's oh, not Gobert. God. It's not Gobert. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> Gobert. I'm just being very. Now I'm worried about everything. Oh my god! 
Look, I don't. I'm not saying this can't even lead a team to a gold medal game. So how's it going to lead him to the conversation? All right, chill. (laughs) I'm not saying that the Suns are world beaters. I just do think they're going to take. Hold on, doesn't he play for like? I mean, he's taking Slovenia to the to the bronze medal game. Is that a different country? Yes, it's a different country. Yeah, they had, <laughs> whole, they, they had a whole civil war on this. Where were you? Hold on. So, listen, they don't teach geography in school anymore. Wait, are we jumping I, to Olympics do, talk now? <laughs> I do my best. I do my best to kind of. But those countries have been split up and torn apart so many times. It's very hard for me to keep track of. Slovenia and Slovakia are two real but different countries. Yes, Correct. <laughs> okay. I'm just – I want to be clear. No, they it, lost by one yesterday to France. Yeah. In the, in the Czech Republic mm-hmm. is also its own country, and they used to be all together, yes? Uh, they were together with someone. Well, it was Czechoslovakia, yes? No? Yeah. Uh, oh, Luka yes, played like shit, too. was five of 18. Come and on, bro. Was Czech Republic and Slovakia. Okay, I'm just... He did, clear, have, he, he did have 18 making, assists, though. Slovenia had nothing sure to do with that. No, I get it. No, I know. I, I just mixed up Slovenia and Slovakia, which is in in America. Well, I feel like stop passing to, to John Blazik and take some more shots for yourself. <laughs> is that a real person? I don't even know if you're. I don't it, know if it that's says, a real person. It says Jay Blazik. I don't know what his actual name is. I doubt it's John. I don't know his first name. <laughs> I do doubt it's John. But it's it's Jay for sure. It's probably. Oh my goodness. It's probably like Gerard. I don't know, but you got some dude named Toby taking 14 shots on this team. Oh, Luka my God. They barely lost to France, and France is, like, good, dude. That, that, okay, so that actually, that, this is a good segue. This brings us into our next topic. Oh, my goodness. Ryan's just mad because they lost to Gobert. Uh, so Luke, who can't get it done. So I, I just want to know who the hell Decolo is because he went him and i never heard of him in my life all right we are way off topic here so the olympics are in full swing uh we've had a lot of ups some downs there's been some controversy along the way certain people have had certain feelings about certain athletes pulling out of certain events uh, i really don't want to touch that topic because i think we're yeah, going to do a fight on this, on this podcast between, at all <laughs> between paul and myself we're not going to have that conversation um but Paul, the most shocking part to me was Dylan actually agreed with me. And I was like, wow, that's new. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, you said very early on. I mean, really, like, I swear, it was only like three days into the Olympics that this is a down Olympics for the U.S., which I thought was a wild statement for the third day of the Olympics. I felt but it. As of this podcast, the U.S. are leading in total medals, are in second place in gold. I believe first in silver, definitely first in bronze. We're always first in bronze. Um but still leading an overall like medal Chris Balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm dealing with a couple of haters here that have watched way too much Talladega Nights and believe if you ain't first, you're last. I definitely don't believe well, that. I believe Olympians in general should be absolutely celebrated. And if you medal, that's just godlike to me. All right, listen. Well, so Let your family celebrate you. So in general, you're not wrong. But so there's a few things. One... I, I do believe very much in American exceptionalism, although I think we are actively destroying that. I want to be first in gold, and I want to have the most medals. It's not it's not a lot to ask for, really. It's not a lot. It's not. I we, just want to be better than have, all the countries in this world. We have we have over a third of a billion people in a shit ton of money, okay? 
we sh we have the resources. Not only do we have the resources, but we have all, all of our China kids then just from be a young dominating age. 1.7 no, billion people and plenty of money. Our our people have more access to sports at a young age, all of the sports across the board, than any other country does. We're not pushing our kids to be computer scientists. We're pushing them to be the next LeBron James, which I think is a worthwhile pursuit. I, I'm fully on board with this. I just wanted to show up in the Olympics. Now, there, I understand that we're not always going to win everything. One thing that I look at that I think is really cool, um, everyone's familiar with 538, I assume? Uh, for listeners that are not familiar with 538, it is basically the statistics branch of ESPN. Um, they do a lot of in-depth stuff. Um, it's They took some people from Grantland when Grantland was dissolved, and they have a lot of very smart math people involved. And they make a lot of models. And one of their models is expected medals in the Olympics, which, as it sounds are basically, if the Olympics are chalk, how many medals you should win. Um, it shouldn't surprise anyone, although we've actually had a pretty solid last couple days to get us back in the... Eh, I shouldn't say solid. We've had an average last couple days. No, I mean, there, there's been some bit. surprises while along with letdowns. It's kind of evened out. We have won 91 medals, which sounds really good, right? Like the next closest is, is China with 74. It is really good. Is hold up? No, listen. The next closest is China with seventy-four. Okay. Big gap. Seventeen and then, less. And then way more people than and us. And then the Russian. And then the Russian athletes at fifty-eight. Here's the problem. The United States was expected to have fifteen more medals than that at this point. We should have had a hundred and six medals in the events that are placed. So China has placed two medals higher than expected, or two more medals than expected. In Russia, his athletes have. 18 more medals than they were expected to get at this point. So if you go, if you add some context to this, it sounds great. Okay, we got 17 more medals in the next closest country, but we are way under what was expected of us. Not only are we under what is expected of us, but we're under the gold count big time. A lot of upsets. You look at the catastrophe that has been women's American soccer in Olympics. Where did they place in the last Olympics, Matt? Uh, they got knocked out in the round of 16. Didn't even medal. Didn't even medal. They have exceptionally underperformed. And this has been a theme. Not just women's soccer, but across the board. Now, I'm not I'm not really worried about men's basketball. Um, I know a lot of people have been panicking because we lost a couple games early on and we were not meshing. And even last night, Twitter was ablaze because we were losing to Australia. The men's basketball just has too much talent. They just they dwarf everybody in ways that women's soccer doesn't even. And 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 they have I mean, it's not like they have scrubs on the team. Kevin Trent is on the team. They have plenty of really, really good players. They're gonna be fine. But across the board, across all sports, so many issues. You look at our track and field team. I, I don't know if any of you saw what happened with our relay race recently. Uh yeah, the miserable just, second handoff. <laughs> it's so unbelievably bad. Nobody in the world has the depth of runners that we do. We don't, we don't ha always have the individually fastest person, but as far as the depth of runners, like relay should be our strong suit and we can't even get handoffs right. What are we doing? I think you're taking it too far. 
I've been doing a little bit of research while you were rambling, and uh, I noticed something. So, okay, you you mentioned you know that we're second to China right now in golds, who usually battle us pretty tight in the Summer Olympics in general. Uh, but this is also look. I understand that the, that they're in Tokyo, but it's right there. So this is a home Olympics for China as well. You need to stop. Hang on. You cannot say that. I can say that. What, what, with say what that. I've just looked at for the way that these Olympics have panned out for home teams, I absolutely can say that because this is the way that it's panned out for both summer and winter games when they are held near big places like Russia, like China, like the U.S., where these three countries and where they've stacked in the Olympics, how they've panned out. When the U.S., when the Olympics were in Vancouver for the Winter Olympics, U.S. did way better than expected. Home game, home Olympics pretty much for the U.S. When the Olympics were in Rio, U.S. was back to dominant. When the Olympics were in London, it was a little bit closer than it should have been. When the Olympics were in in uh, China, China did a hell of a lot better. And now they're in so Tokyo, you want, which you're is blaming right time away. zones. I'm not yes, blaming we're time basically... zones. I'm talking about having a little bit more into it because it's so close to home as well and we are still on track to be where we usually are in the summer olympics which is the most overall medals we have lost to china before in the gold count but we usually all pretty much always win in the summer games especially the overall total medal count which is where we're on track for right now yes there have been some letdowns in track and field and in golf and in even uh, beach volleyball indoor volleyball there's been places where the u.s have let down it's almost happened to the basketball team a couple of times they were able to recuperate from it but we are still leading everyone in overall total medals we're not that far behind china right now for the most gold medals and there are still events to be played that are going to add to the u.s's list women's golf right now nelly corda is on their way and they think this might be the last round and not play the fourth round because of the next freaking tsunami or whatever that's about to hit japan if that's the case u.s got the gold right here men's basketball Unless something crazy happens, and because France has that confidence, they already beat us once. I think we'll see a different USA team this time, but oh, we should gonna, get the gold, gold in that as basketball. well. There has been things that have happened in swimming. We have lost certain guys, Michael Phelps, along the way, and certain other people like Katie Ledecky who have gotten older and have fallen off of what they once were. There was athletes. Well, we're out there still that... dominating. We're still dominating swimming. Caleb Dressler's been awesome. I mean, yeah, but not... there has been ones that were expected, like especially around Katie Ledecky, that didn't happen. She's 24 years old. That's old in swimming terminology at this point, which is crazy. And then you got the, is. and then obviously you know the the women's gymnastics one, Simone Biles, the you know not being able to go mentally and physically, has absolutely played a big factor in how many American medals should have been won. You have literally the greatest gymnast ever, and she can't go. So that is going to affect how the Americans as a team did. She got silver instead of gold. The fact that they still got silver through all that is amazing. You look at all the events that Simone Biles was going to compete in individually for those medals that she pulled out of. Three of them that she probably wins. There's three more golds and she got a bronze on the beam. So there's four more golds, five more including the team all around that are taken away from what the U.S. was predicted to do. That's a lot of gold medals right there that are taken away by one person who can't go. So there are reasons that America is not doing as well. I would, But I wouldn't go so far as to say that this has been a disappointing Olympics for the United States of America. I think it's been exceptionally disappointing. A quick question. Where is this Olympics at? These Olympics are in Tokyo. Would you say that benefits Japan? Japan should have a... Yes, uh, Japan doesn't have... Advantage? And it has. Japan, are you kidding me? Japan has done fantastically in these Olympics. They don't have the Japan? number of athletes... To what Japan? the United States has. 
Japan right now has 17 medals below expected. Okay, you were talking about math. I'm talking about real life. This is real. It's based on projections. It's, it's based of on projections of chalk. Finish. It's based on chalk. <laughs> chalk does not happen in real life. It never happens in real life. In the Olympics, it actually happens a lot. Chalk. I'm talking chalk. I'm talking about gold is getting gold, silver is getting silver, bronze is getting bronze, fourth is getting. Fourth, I'm talking fifth overall. Fifth is getting fifth. I'm talking. When I when I say medals blow, I'm just overall medals. Like if it, like like the women's soccer team doesn't even get punished in this because they were expected to get gold, but they still got a bronze medal, so that doesn't even hurt our expected medals. It just hurts our gold count. Right, but I mean this we, it has not been a good Olympics for us, and I, I don't want to blame the fact that we're in Japan, I I or the circumstances because all, all countries are dealing with this. We're not we're not the only country dealing with this, and yes. So I'll give you Biles, the greatest female gymnast ever. Oh no, not, you can just say greatest gymnast because there's no male gymnast that's greater than Simone Biles. What's well, abhorrently not true, but we're not going to have the discussion oh, right please now. Please name him. Are you serious right yeah. now? Are you on actual drugs? Nope. You. Oh my god. Well, we're not doing this on the podcast. THC. Anyway, um, that that hurt us a lot, but it, it, it hasn't just been gymnastics. It's been across the board. We have fallen short. No, no I mean, absolutely, especially finish. on the racetrack. We're, on the racetrack, we have, we have fallen far short of expectations. Oh, God. Individual runners boy, who didn't even make the medal stands or even make the finals in certain cases. Obviously, the four by, you know, our relay, relay team didn't make team the finals. Didn't like, make dick. I mean, they were sixth they in their execute. own heat. The whole sixth point in their own the semifinal. Sixth in their own. Se- they knew that it was already over. You, you take there's two semifinals. You take the top three qualifiers in both, and then the next two fastest times. Well, they were sixth, so they weren't even one of the next two fastest times in their own freaking semifinal. Horrible. Horrible. Giant. That handoff letdown. is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But you also had America go gold and silver in the shot put. Go gold and silver in the women's 100. You know, you had in the hurdles, you know, you had, you had fantastic showings by the U.S. in these Olympics. And to say they're a disappointment, I think, is a step too far. Well, disappointment is a blanket statement. That doesn't mean there haven't been individual successes along the way. We have 91 medals. We have 30 golds. Somewhere in the vicinity of 30 golds. Um, so it's not... It hasn't been the world's greatest catastrophe, but par is not good enough for the U.S. It's not. You are talking about the greatest athletes literally in the world competing. Stuff happens. Stuff stuff has happened a lot to us. It's been bad stuff. Just so we're aware. I mean, I, I don't – the expectations are what they are because we have both the track record, the resources, the current world standings. You cannot – to me, you cannot underperform to the level we've underperformed and just say, well, stuff happens. They're really far away on the other side of the world, and you're not always going to be the best. No, I'm not saying it – wasn't, it wasn't about them being on the other side of the world. It was about how close the games are to China. 
and you see a lot of Chinese doing really well. They're really close to Japan too, and Japan has not been better for that. Now I'll give you Russia. I think is leading everybody as far as medals above expected. Um, well, yeah, they weren't expected to even be allowed at all in the Olympics. They have to fly under the Olympic flag. Can't even fly their own flag. It's so Russian athletes. Oh my goodness! Doping with the best of them. It's the weirdest thing. Except for the ones that are at these Olympics, who are apparently clean as can be. And yeah, talk about so that's another we the Winter Olympics in Russia. The U.S. still came on top. Like I, I don't want like that was there. Yeah, but that's that's a rarity for us to come on top in the Winter Olympics. It was huge. I mean, it's like that was that's the most hype I've probably been for an Olympics because Russia wanted that more than they wanted to feed their own people, and they Wait, were hosting. Uh, I'm sorry, what are you seeing? Because I'm seeing we did not come on top in Sochi. Russia had 29, we had 28. Russia had 11 golds, we had nine. You're about to break my everything. Uh, probably. I'm going to be very sad. In Pyeongchang, we're fourth. In Vancouver, oh. we are first. That one, okay, so that one on we stunned. But we still, but still, Canada led the total, uh, the goals with fourteen. We had nine. Germany. So had Russia lost thirteen of their medals. Let's see, how do we do it? They were team? stripped. Oh, Russia had thir- Russia had thirteen. I don't care. Of those I, don't, I don't care. Stripped. I don't. I don't care about that. Reggie Bush is still the two thousand five Heisman winner. I don't care that he got so stripped. So that is. That is an asterisk. I'm just saying, I want you to keep this same energy for the Winter Olympics where we normally don't lead the medal count or the gold count. We have all the winter we want here in the U.S. You can go to the Rockies, you can go to the Sierra Nevadas. Every time Hold the winter, on, we have, less, we have much less winter than Russia. But no, I, I agree. So again, I stand by my point. I don't think this is a disappointing Olympics. Yes, some disappointments have happened. Some surprises have happened. I think, for the most part, they've been some pretty damn good games. Um, I get to watch a whole lot of sports that I never get to watch. My favorite being handball. If you haven't watched handball, it's literally soccer, but you're using your hands. It's fantastic. I don't know why this is not a year-round thing on some channel that I can watch where there's a league to watch this. I don't know why I don't have this in the U.S. It is everything you want in (laughs) soccer for all the soccer haters. There is so much more scoring. Scores are in the 30s and 20s all the damn time. There is great defense. There is great play. There is no flopping. Everyone who hates soccer but wants to get into something like it, handball is your sport. And the Europeans are damn good at it. <laughs> There's a whole zone where you can't run into. you got to jump into while you're firing the shot. Fantastic game to watch. There's a, there's, I, I love the Olympics, regardless of whether we underperform or not. I, I very much enjoy watching the Olympics. It is something I look forward to every couple of years. I just, but I will say they can I, get I rid of power walking. You. That is the dumbest Olympic sport I've ever seen. No. You just it, got a whole bunch of people swinging their damn hips as they walk as fast as they can. You got to keep one foot on the ground at all me. times. That's what makes it different from running. For those that don't, you know. are speed limited. They define. 
you just got these crazy skinny people that look like, you know, you take a pencil and you swing your fingers up and down and the pencil bends. That's what their body looks like as they're swinging their hips while they're trying to walk as fast as possible. (laughs) The the weirdest thing to me is them drawing the distinction between what is walking and what is not. And if someone's going too fast. You have to have one foot on the ground at all times. So when you're running, there's that spot where it's kind of like a jump while you're running. Where both feet are in the air before one lands. You can't have that with power walking. One foot has to be on the ground at all times. I learned. I don't remember so which Olympics. Why I, do you know? That? I, I learned it at one of the Olympics. I swear to God, it was one of the Summer Olympic Games. I don't think it was the last one. I think it's one of the ones before that because I think I've known this for a while. It's definitely been more than four years that I've known this fact. But that is what distincts power walking from running: one foot on the ground at all times. But they, so but, but they look freaking ridiculous. I'm sorry to any power walkers out there. I'm sure it's great for your health. But damn, do you look funny when you do it. Uh, by the way, we can still win beach volleyball, just so you know. No, no, I'm, there's just there's been some upsets along the way, I'm just saying, that have happened from teams that were expected to, you know, like there was expected to be, in some cases, an All-American final. You know, there's two, there's two medals being won guaranteed. Oh, we, yeah, we, we just won gold. We just gold won gold in one volleyball. of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't nice. I don't know if it was men's or women's. It, it was like women's. women's. Yeah. Good for them. Al- April Ross, Alex now- Lyman, well done. Oh. My biggest beef is that they call them the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> I mean. It's not what, not what this is. I mean, the Summer Olympics are every four years, and even when they're not, that they doesn't matter. Are. <laughs> Those are the rules. No, 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 no. It's definitely 2021. It is definitely 2021. I completely concur with that. I think I think it's hilarious that they just stuck with 2020. Like I'm I'm okay with it. I I feel it. It's nope. a vibe. I don't hate it. I just think it's funny. It's like, come on, we know we where know did, what year it is. Where did the Olympics happen in 2020? <laughs> they didn't. Where? <laughs> I mean, if the U.S. keeps performing like this, we might have to say these ones didn't happen either. <coughs> oh, maybe it's because they're stuck in the time loop. They let us play in 2021. I, I honestly like. I, I think the most disappointing thing for me, and it's not, it's not across the board, but I think you do see it in a lot of incident in instances. For the majority of Olympic athletes, and even probably the majority of the U.S., just I think it's become on a much lesser scale. But you see it, especially in the smaller countries. You see it in the Asian countries. Most of these athletes perform for a lot more than just themselves. They truly embody and wear their country on their sleeve. And they're not representing themselves. They're doing it purely to represent their country. And I think you see less of that with the U.S. than anywhere else. And I think that's the biggest reason that we underperform more than anything else in the world. I think that's what kills us. I mean, you're you're telling me, uh, take the women's soccer team is the most. Oh God, are we are we, are we talking about political have. bullshit? If if no no no, I'm not I'm not getting into any of that. I'm not I'm not going to be specific. I'm just saying you take this the the talent level of this women's soccer team, and you throw them in Japan, and Japan wins every game by three plus goals. The, the the love 
for a country, the putting it all out there, not for yourself, but playing for something bigger than yourself, it's not the same here. It hasn't been in a while, and it's only gotten drastically worse. And we have more talent than anybody else. We have more resources than anybody else. Our kids have more opportunity and start at a younger age than anywhere else. And the results aren't there, even when they're expected to be there. You're performing, you're not even living up to expectations. Not that you're not overperforming and winning everything. You're not even performing up to expectations. And that's what I think is a travesty about the biggest thing, because in the Olympics, it's truly about representing your country. I don't see it for a lot of See, I don't know. I don't know if it's always just about representing your country. I mean, a lot of these athletes have personal pride as well and want to prove that they are the best, no matter what country they're going against, no matter what country they're representing. Oh, it can be both. Maybe the other athletes have a country worth representing. Hey, good night, everybody. This is Big Sports That That's what makes it so great, is you have all of your personal motivations, and then you're wearing a higher level purpose we don't have that extra motivation here i don't know i i i think it's it's really easy for us to say that none of us are anywhere near olympic athletes so i don't know for as far as the olympic athletes that train year round to be the best that they can be and go and prove it once every four years it's not it really i mean we say once every four years but there are other world championships besides the olympics that these they, athletes they com- compete they compete year round so they compete year round as well but it's really easy, I think, for us to say that. I don't know how much I fully agree or disagree with your statement. I see points for why it's true and why it's not. But, you know, I think, you know, especially with the women's with the women's soccer team, I mean, you know, the, the trolls are out in droves about the kneeling bullshit and good for them that they didn't win because they don't want to represent this country. And I think that's absolute crap that kneeling on kneeling for, the, you know, for what the idea of re- kneeling was for, which is injustice. I think is very much a representation of this country. And I don't think that I, I think people take too much into it to where you're now rooting against your own country. You have thousands of people rooting against this team that is representing your country. And you are sitting there at home rooting for them to fail. That part baffles me. Like how thick I, I, can I, you I be? think I, I just, I think there's a middle ground. So I think anybody they're rooted against this team is is un-American as it gets. I think it is disgusting. Um, I don't care I think it's what just unhuman their stances as it are and what, what nonsense there is. When you are rooting against your country in the name of your country, I mean, that's an oxymoron right there, is it not? Yep. I, it's, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, I firmly believe that if you had a collective a collective group of American women that were way more hype to put it all out for their country and not themselves, that we have the talent here, even without a lot of the people that were on that field in these Olympics, I think they would have gotten the job done, even being a less talented team, but a team that was more together and doing it for more than themselves. So this is my only comparison. I am 10 years old at the Barcelona games. Okay. Michael Jordan has just, in the last couple years, destroyed my Pistons, took out my Lakers, kept Isaiah from being on the Dream Team. I could not hate this man any more 
if I tried when I was 10 years old. But you were rooting for him. And you better believe your ass I was still rooting my ass off for him to dominate the other countries and bring home the gold. Literally could not hate Michael Jordan anymore at 10 years old. That is probably my peak of hating Michael Jordan. (laughs) And I was still rooting my ass off for him to bring us home the gold. People need to get over themselves when it comes to something like the Olympics. I mean, it's un-American not to. It's the most it's, it's ironic not, thing the, in the world. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not un-American. It's unhuman. All right? Canadians are rooting for Canadians. Germans are rooting for Germans. Britons are rooting for Britons. It is unhuman to root against your land. People representing I your land. inhuman in, is the word. No, because inhumane, inhuman is, I think it's, I mean, those are those are almost mutants, right? That's not quite right. <laughs> well, these Any people are mutants, out there right? got that joke. I mean, you're 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 complaining about them not representing America the way you want them to represent America, but then you want them to lose while representing America. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. The, the math does not check out. I mean, I, I I want them to win. I'm I'm very upset that they took bronze. I think it's ridiculous. It sucks. Canada played a good game. You know, we had a we had, we, I, had, a, I still we had a couple goals and penalties taken away that should have gone our way. You know, Canada got a bounce. We didn't. Shouldn't be in that position against them. Eh, probably we, not. The game I was, I, I was worried about before we played Canada. I think it's still more abysmal was, that the men didn't even log a three three on three team for basketball. You freaking kidding me? United States. Doesn't have a three-on-three team in the Olympics. Couldn't, couldn't See, I don't, muster it to get to the Olympics. It's literally our know. sport. I don't know who decides that stuff. Like no, they, they had know, they had like tournaments, our, they had battles, and they couldn't. They didn't win. They couldn't get in. But I don't understand how the women took home the gold. Good job, women. Way to go. Why well, are are professional players not allowed? Can you not be an NBA player and play three-on-three? I don't know the rules on that. This was like I don't. Who can, can you not be a former? I mean, Jesus Christ, we couldn't have sent one of the big three teams with Ice Cube. Couldn't have lent us a couple guys. Couldn't have lent us freaking Iso Joe. Give like, me, are you kidding me? Let's listen. We need we need an NBA street team. Give me Allen Iverson. Give me Ben Wallace. Give me give me give me some washed NBA players. How cool is that though? Man. That like, there's a couple sports that were brought back into the summer games, or a couple of sports that debuted in the summer games, like wrestling, and, baby, like. Wrestling, softball brought back. Yeah, I never we, should we have said, left in the first place. <laughs> You're a dick. You want to? You want <laughs> But you wanna, how cool is that? That like for a lot of these athletes, this is what they dream of all the damn time. This is what they have grown up believing that they were going to do was go win a gold medal. You're just a hooper. Your dream is maybe the NBA, and that dream falls short for a ton of people. All of a sudden, they introduce a game that you're like, "Damn, I might be able to go win me an Olympic medal." <laughs> it would be super cool. I want to win a gold medal. I mean, just being there would be awesome. Let's be real. Like, oh yeah, it is such an accomplishment just to get to this stage. Thank you. Especially, especially in a country like the U.S., where the competition across the board in every sport to qualify is absurd. It's it's so many levels higher than any of us. Uh, unless you're a woman, could even player, comprehend. Then there's no accomplishment at all. <laughs> Why are you like this? You said it. Oh, no, I, oh my God. Keep that same energy. We lose to France. 
<laughs> I listen. It will be the same. I mean, it'll just be a bunch of assholes who played for themselves and didn't play for. If if if, if KD led U.S. does not win gold, I mean, there's nothing. You cannot care and lose that game. Like it's. It's an accomplishment I mean, just to get there. I, I honestly, what I would like to see, and, and I would like it to be with actually the best players, give me U.S. versus the world in basketball. What do you mean? It's been that. What are you talking about? You mean every game? Like they only play us? No. I mean like <laughs> all the best players in the world that aren't from the U.S. Oh, you want a, all the best oh, you want a Ryder players. Cup? Yeah. Well, no, the Ryder Cup's just Europe, not the well, world. Well, yeah. President's Cup doesn't really muster it, though. They never win. It's always the U.S. So I guess it would be more like the President's Cup. <laughs> but that yeah, but means you I, yeah, are getting I, I want... the best from the U.S. And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm saying, saying anything bad about this team, but this team, 1 through 15, is not the best the U.S. has to offer. No, it's not. What, you'd have LeBron and KD and stuff. Well, I don't know if LeBron and... would make it. Why did are you Steph, like this? Steph never did an Olympics, did he? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Steph wasn't a part of the the Rio games. I don't. Was I that twenty sixteen? Because yeah. if that's not it, then probably then not. No. That's kind of crazy. I wonder why not. So I'm busy winning championships. Get out of here. I mean, Ryan, considering the last time these two teams met, which was the start of the Olympics, France walked out with an eighty three seventy six win. Are you expecting the U.S. To just come for the kill? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they won outside of the Australia game. Or I don't think they won by so, so many points. Like, they, they killed the other teams. Uh, and I think they've heard everybody. Well, I know they've heard everybody talk shit. Because, obviously, Popovich has talked about it. Kevin Durant's talked about it. Uh, and I think there's actually something to, like, a lot of the U.S. players not liking uh, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Um, because they feel like, you know, he's not a defensive player of the year type, like type of defender. It's again, something that I would say Kevin Durant's talked about before. Uh, so yeah, I expect them to, and you, I mean, just get to avenge the loss, right? It might be different if it was the first time they were playing, but knowing that it's the, the one loss that they have, that if they can beat them by like 30 or 40 in a gold medal game, I think they'll be pleased. So yeah, I, I expect them to to win by kind of a lot. I, I'm in the same boat. I I expect a big one. I, I don't think... I mean, 15 plus points is my expectation. And that's I don't, not a big I also win for the US. Them to Not the Olympics. Out. That's not a big win. In the final against France, who's a good team, it's decent. Um, I also expect them to come out a lot better early. I mean, they've... The slow starts have been unbelievable. I mean, even in our last game against Australia. It's being uh, replayed uh, right now on NBC Sports Network. The Australia game? Yeah. We're still losing, but we know what happens. U.S. women have not finished either, right, for basketball? No, and they've never lost. Literally, have never lost. Since women's well, basketball again, the, was established as part of the Olympics, the USA women's team has never lost a game. 
in the tail prelims gap and, and is when beyond prelims. massive. The tail gap is so big. I mean, how how many countries, genuinely, how many countries in the world does a six-year-old girl get to play on a girls' basketball team? It's not a lot. The list is small. Like, especially in women's sports, we should have such a huge advantage just from the fact that every little girl in America, for the most part, gets an opportunity to play. Damn, we might have the same final And then if they're good... And then if they're good, we have the resources to continue their career. How, how many women's basketball leagues are there in other countries? Uh, a bunch. What are you talking about? What do you think? How many? What do you think WNBA players do all year? They travel to these other countries to play women's basketball in how, Europe. How many, though, compared to men's? How many compared to men's? China is the big one, actually. China, outside of the WNBA, China has the biggest women's basketball league. There's not that many. Um, there's a handful, yes. But there's not that many real professional basketball opportunities for women. Men's, every single country has one. Okay, just just for just for Europe. Albania, Austria, Belgium, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Bulgaria, Croatia, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, France, Estonia, Finland, Germany, Greece. Do you want me to keep going? There are so... There are so many women's professional basketball leagues around the world, both in Asia and in Europe. That's what these women do all year. They go from league to league to keep playing and then come back here for the summers to make their peanuts compared to their male contemporaries to play here in the U.S. for a few months. And then they go again. That's all they do. Now, we still are the best of the best when it comes to that, and these countries love to get these American players, these WNBA players, to go overseas and play for them for a little while. But this is what the women have been done have been doing for decades. Before the WNBA was even a thing. They were traveling to play in Europe and Asia. And that's what they did all year. And we have a chance for the same gold medal final if the U.S. wins theirs, which they should. If France beats Japan in the semifinal on their side, we could have a U.S.-France final for the women's and the men's. The women are facing Serbia tomorrow. And their bronze medal game is the same day as the U.S. gold medal game, which is Saturday. Oh, well, Saturday, but for here, for us, it's tomorrow night. So actually, yeah, that means that the women's game is probably starting sometime soon tonight. Because it's already tomorrow in Japan. Duh. Because, <laughs> yeah, we can watch the men's game, what? Men's game starts at 10.30 Eastern tomorrow, Ryan? Oh, I have no idea, does it? Yeah, gold medal game on NBC. 10.30 at night or in starts the morning? Starts at 10.30 Eastern. 10.30 at night. Nice. So, I mean, we get we got two more golds coming in basketball. To help close the gap. <laughs> we should. We do. Uh, to answer the question without rattling off a bunch of countries, because you never did answer my question, uh, there are 150 running professional men's leagues in the world right now. Uh, there's 39 women's leagues. And if you separated that by which leagues you can play in and make an actual livable wage, there's probably about three women's leagues and about 70 men's. To get to the point I was trying to get at. 
Just food for thought. But regardless, we, we got golds coming in basketball. I'm not... And I don't care if they look pretty. Um, if you asked ca- very casual people where the U.S. has underperformed in the Olympics, a lot of them would probably say men's basketball. Um, but it doesn't matter when you win gold. It doesn't matter if it's by point. It doesn't matter if you lost a couple games on the road. As long as you win gold, it doesn't well, it matter. matters to this country. And Should not lose a game. Should not lose a game. But it game. doesn't... Aff- it doesn't... Look at you in your new standards. For men's basketball, you damn right. Shouldn't lose a game. Oh, just men's basketball. Yep. Oh, my... L- listen, at least the France... The French team has, like, real players on it. I know. Canadian soccer team? Eh. Little sketch. Alright. How much have the U.S. women been winning by? I cannot find the scores. Uh... You are search retarded then, apparently. No, it's because he doesn't know how to use Google, and it just sucks. Okay. No, I'm not on Google. I'm specifically <laughs> on US, ESPN's website. All right, well, that's why. You're on ESPN. Try going great. to the Olympics website. You might actually find what you're looking for. They beat Australia 79-55 in their last battle. Uh, before that, they beat France uh, 93-82. I, 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 have to go, I have to go through the calendar. <laughs> Dumb. They beat Japan before that, 86-69. They beat Nigeria, 81-72. And that's it. I don't know a single player on the Australian team. On the, on the men's on the, team? Women's, the women's Australian clarify. team or the men's? Women's, women's, women's. I know, like, the whole women's U.S. team. But Hang on. The Australian there's, team? there's an Australian you should know. No, never mind. I, I did I'm looking at the roster. I never heard. Like I, I, the average, uh, not average person, but most sports fans that actually pay attention to like all sports for the most part know all of the starters for the women's team. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I would like, hope so. If you said, "Who's Brittany Griner? Who's Sue Bird? Who's Diana Taurasi? Who's Diana Taurasi? Yeah, Stewart. Like, who's Brandon Stewart?" Like, people know those names, right? You, if you say, "Hey, where did Brittany Griner go to college?" Diggins, a lot of people who, can I mean, tell I know, you Baylor, I know right? Pretty much all of these. Girls. Where did Brianna Stewart go to college? A lot of people could tell you UConn. Like, these are not unfamiliar people. I look at Australia, and I've never heard of any of these people in my life. It's pretty much UConn versus the world in this. Tarasi Stewart oh, Bird. <laughs> Listen, UConn has been very good for a long time, but it's not just them. Griner went to Baylor. Okay, uh, I know. She helped break that trend. <laughs> All right. It's just it is very. It's just interesting to me the talent disparity in some of these. Well, yeah, but I mean, we can flip this on its head with some of these other sports like skeet shooting and freaking, you know, uh, certain martial arts ones, certain, you know. Rhythmic swimming ones, the high dive ones, platform dive ones, like all these other sports where we have no reason to not be great at these as well. Like we're, we have a great fencing team. They call it something else. I forgot what it's called, but like, that's the craziest thing to me. Like I was watching fencing one time at night and I was like, and it's crazy. Cause they have like a spotlight 
on like the center stage where the two guys battle and everything's electronic now. So when you get hit, like your helmet lights up and all this cool shit, it kind of looks like laser tag, but with swords. But uh, we apparently we have one of the best fencing squads in the world. I didn't know that. <laughs> I figured it'd be one of them European teams. Did did we, did we already win gold in that? Or uh, we have we have a good chance that I I I think we still overtake for gold. Like I don't think we fall short of gold. I I think we win the most in every medal category. Um, by quite a bit, we're still expected to keep winning more medals than everybody else at like a two to one clip for the rest of the Olympics. There's not that many events left that haven't finished playing out. So I mean, what do we we have? won the bronze. It's it's called foil, <laughs> not fencing foil. So we won the bronze in the, in the foil team events. Go for Frickin it. Freaking Russia knocked us out in the semifinals. 45, 41 bastards. They foiled our plan. Dominated Japan, 45-31. France dominated Russia, 45-28. I mean, these numbers don't mean anything to me. I do not understand number of the hits. context. Number of times you stabbed the motherfucker in front of you. Are you <laughs> yes. sure? Because that's a lot to lose by if that's the case. Oh, yeah. yeah some, some that's, guys got those their are not whips. close. They would be like... I mean, Super sometimes the other guy, just, I mean, it's crazy because they, they literally on almost every single hit, the other guy hit him too, just not as fast. And only the first one counts. That makes sense, actually. That's a rule I can get behind. Jesus Christ. All right. Oh my God. I think we've wrapped this up. Ryan, Ryan, do the thing. Hey, so make sure you guys go ahead and follow us, rate us, subscribe us, review us, uh, where you get your podcast, Podbean, iTunes, and then Facebook, uh, YouTube. Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Twitter because we don't tweet racist shit out like you went to says. And that's that's all I got. Oh my god. <laughs> for Ryan Griffin, Paul Rochon, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carters. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We will be back with y'all in two weeks. 